Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. First Sunday is from the 14th chapter of the Revelation of St. John, verses 6 and 7. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is Psalm 46, which is written in your bulletin as a responsive reading. And so let's read together responsively Psalm 46 as indicated. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The epistle is from the third chapter of St. Paul's letter to the Romans, verses 19 to 28. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance He had passed over former sins. It was to show His righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith 
in Jesus, then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel for Reformation Sunday recorded in the 8th chapter of the Gospel of St. John, verses 31 to 36. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, dear Christian friends. Our text today is Psalm 46, especially the first part of verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. This is the word of the Lord. Well, the book of Psalms is their Old Testament hymnal, just like we have our hymnal. And Psalm 46 would be number 46 in that hymnal. But Psalm 46, the song is also the basis for Luther's hymn, A Mighty Fortress. Now today, we read Psalm 46. We sang A Mighty Fortress. And you notice that the two songs were not word for word the same. You can tell that they, they go together very closely in many ways, but the words are changed. Now, this is going to show my lack of culture and my lack of musical appreciation, but it's not going to surprise you. You know me well enough. But I like songs that are changed so that they become funny songs, parodies of a song before. Now, I could give a lot of examples of various parodies all the way back from Homer and Jethro to Weird Al Yankovic and still going on today, I'm sure. But the original song that I thought of for today was, was a really beautiful country western love song about a, a person who had this long-lasting love for someone. And it went, I think it was by Bill Anderson, it went, still, after all this time, still, you are on my mind. I love you still. Now, isn't that pretty? But what do you suppose some comedian did to it? He turned it into a parody about a, about a thief who happened to have the misfortune of stealing a bad car. And now it goes, still, though you took my car, Still, I know you won't get far. You'll be sitting still. 
Well, that might be the strangest way that I've ever taken to get to the theme of a sermon. But that's kind of what we want to think about today, about that idea of you'll be sitting still. Today we're looking very closely at two words of God's song, Psalm 46. The first word is from verse 10, the word still. And the other word is from verse 4, the word glad. Now I'm not going to change Psalm 46 into a parody to try to make it funny. Because we believe that the Holy Spirit uses these words of God to do something far greater Human humor is a good thing, and we sure need a lot of it in these days. But the gladness, the joy that God creates in us is far, far greater, and we need that even more. And so that's our theme today, is that God stills our souls so that His presence brings great gladness. Now, if we would be able to go back to the Old Testament and open their hymn book, we would be singing this Psalm 46 as we were walking on the road going to Jerusalem to worship at the temple there. Now, the song talks about the earth giving away and mountains being moved and waters roaring and foaming. But it wasn't just a song that they sang if the weather happened to be bad as they were walking along that road. No, they were talking about things that had happened back in Israel's past. And God had been with them all the time. And they were also talking and singing about things that could happen in Israel's future and expressing their confidence that God would continue to be right with them, right there, taking care of them. God would be their fortress as He had been in the past and in the future. But then they also sang, nations rage, kingdoms totter. War had always been part of their history. And God, who makes wars cease, had been right there fighting for them. And they knew that God would continue to be their champion, fighting for them. And so they could sing those words with confidence because It wasn't just an idea that some hymn writer had come up with. This was God's song. God's word. But what do you suppose they thought when they came to verse 10? Be still. That meant stop striving. Stop resisting. Now what does it mean to strive against God? Well, it surely means resisting God's law, resisting God's will for how people should live. But it also means resisting God's love and grace. It means going our own way, doing our own thing, fighting and struggling the best that we can instead of stop striving and believe what God does for His people. And what do you suppose Martin Luther thought when he got to verse 10? Be still. Luther wrote and spoke a lot about the striving that occupied the first part of his life. He was always starving himself, praying more, doing more to make up for his sins, to be right with God by all this striving. 
And finally, it was the Word of God. The Gospel of God that got Luther to be still, stop striving against God's grace, and trust that God was good for His Word, that the righteous would live by His faith. From Habakkuk 3, or 2, verse 4. Be still and rest in the promises of God and God's faithful keeping of those promises. So God stills our souls so that His presence brings great gladness. Well, what about us? Life is hard. Sin is still terrible. There are still natural disasters where the earth seems to be melting, and there will come a day when the earth will melt. Nations keep rising against nations, threatening to plunge the world into war. And we strive with God. We, we question His will and His wisdom. What in the world is He doing in the world and why? We strive with one another. We, we strive within ourselves. And what song would we sing on the way to church? Or would we sing anything at all? Do we really believe that God is right here among us? That God is still our fortress? That God is a very present, right here, help in time of trouble? Or would we just rather sing a funny song and get back to our striving? A pastor named Andrew Dimmitt once gave an illustration from the training of naval aviators. If their plane was in trouble and they had to ditch in the water, they were taught that a rescue helicopter would soon be on the way. And in their training, they were taught to be still. Do nothing to help those rescuers. Because if you're struggling and if you're flailing around, if you're doing anything, you could harm them and even endanger yourself even more. So if the rescuer came and you were flailing around and, and trying to grab onto them or reach out for the basket lowered from the helicopter, the rescuers were trained to wait until you were completely still and then they would proceed to save you. Now, that's a pretty good illustration of the Reformation for a couple of reasons. First of all, it emphasizes that Reformation saying, grace alone. In other words, there's nothing that we can do. It's by God's grace that we are saved, that we are made right with God. But it also illustrates what this psalm is saying when it says, be still. God has come to rescue us. There's nothing that we can do. Stop fighting God's grace. And sometimes if it seems as if God isn't doing anything, maybe it's just that God is waiting for us to stop striving so that He can commence with the rescue. God stills our souls so that His presence brings great gladness. Well, to be still doesn't seem like something that we're very good at as people. So God takes over. 
God stops the striving. Sometimes the bad that God allows to happen into our life, not causes, but allows to happen, is, is so bad that you just have to kind of stand still in total shock. And we have that stilled by God. And sometimes the good that God gives to us is so good that you just can't help but stand still in awe and wonder and amazement at what God has done. And so God's grace has made us still. You know, Pastor Dimmitt didn't say that it was part of the naval aviator's training, but sometimes if a person wasn't still, you had to render him still. That always reminds me of the old TV westerns. Remember when anyone would ever be drowning and the cowboy would jump in to rescue him, the first thing that he had to do was use his fist to knock him out so he stopped struggling so he could drag him to shore. Well, God isn't the one who knocks us out in that way. God isn't the one who causes all of those things described in Psalm 46. But God uses them to get us to stand still. St. Paul knew what that was like, striving to the point that Jesus stopped him once right in the middle of the road. And in Acts chapter 24, verse 14, Jesus told Paul, that what he was doing was kicking against the goads. Goads were like spurs, sharp things that were used to control an animal. And if you kicked or resisted, strived against that goad, that sharp thing, it only hurt the animal. And so Paul was harming himself. And when God got Paul settled down, made him still, God made him an instrument, a messenger of the gospel, to tell about that grace and faith from God alone. And similarly, Martin Luther spoke of his finally realizing that it wasn't his work or his striving that could make him right with God. It was God's work in sending Jesus to the cross to redeem the world from their sin by God declaring believers to be righteous by faith that God gives. And so here's where we pick up that other word that we're looking at today. And that word is glad from verse 4. This righteousness that God gives us as a gift makes us more than just happy. It makes us eternally glad. And the people going to the temple sang about this they, they knew very well that there was not a river in Jerusalem. But they sang, there is a river that makes glad the city of God. They knew that the song was talking about a, a, a better city, a, a better river. And that came about one day when Jesus went to the temple. Remember how Jesus would go to the temple and he said, this word has been fulfilled in your hearing? Well, he went there that one day when they were doing that ritual where they would pour a pitcher of water on the altar and it would run down back to the pool of Siloam. Just a trickle. But that was God's river. Because Jesus said at that time, putting it into the right perspective, He said, whoever believes in Me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now this He said about the Spirit. God's Holy Spirit 
is that living water, that river that makes God's city, the church, glad. God stops people's striving because as we learn from the Martin Luther's explanation to the third article of the Apostles' Creed, I cannot by my own reason or strength, in other words, I cannot by my own striving believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to Him, but the Holy Ghost has called me by the Gospel. And that calling to faith puts us in the crowd of Isaiah 35, verse 10, which says, And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy. And sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Luther changed the words of Psalm 46. He changed them in the sense of interpreting them to know that that promise of God was fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus isn't mentioned in Psalm 46, but in the hymn, A Mighty Fortress, Jesus is that champion that comes to fight, the one who fights on our behalf and wins. Jesus is the one who stops people from their striving because he does everything that's necessary for salvation, everything that's necessary to rescue us, everything that's necessary to make the city of God glad. Here in the church, forever in heaven, God stills souls so that his presence brings great gladness. How are you at being still? When we hear about wars and rumors of wars and kingdoms tottering, is it easy to remember that God is our fortress and our refuge and that God is the one who is present and who is the one who causes wars to cease? When mountains tremble and the earth gives way, will we not fear at least a little? These two things have been in our theme today. Be still and be glad. But when you put it that way, it sounds like something that we have to be able to do and things that we aren't able to do very well on our own. And that's why it sounds a little bit clumsy, but it's a lot better gospel. It's a lot better when we talk about God working and God doing something to say, be stilled. And be gladdened so that we know that God is the one who is stilling and gladdening us. God stills our souls so that his presence brings us eternal gladness forever. I still like it when a song is rewritten to make it funny. But how much greater is it that God gives us faith to believe His song, His unchanging words, and know the greatest joy, the greatest gladness, which is the peace of God, which passes all understanding and will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Dew. God's blessings.